welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast. Through the joy of technology, we're able to uh, take the podcast studio all over the world now. Um, and as part of that new process, welcome Richard Bellier from ProTech. Richard Bellier is the, is the general manager over at ProTech. Um, and we're going to be discussing in today's episode conferences and events within the Middle East, within Dubai, Abu Dhabi, that sort of area. Um, Richard and ProTech have got a huge amount of experience working in that particular part of the world. Richard, welcome to the podcast, first of all. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. First of all, tell us a little bit about your particular job role um, as general manager at ProTech and, and exactly who ProTech are and what you do. ProTech is actually abbreviation for the company Production Technology. We've been supplying technical services um, to the events industry in the Middle East for the about, I'd say, the last 20 odd years. And when I say technical services, we work with sound, lighting, video, staging, um, basically a full turnkey technical production um, departments we have. Also what we do, we've um, expanded our technology into some new um, areas. We've um, taken on uh, robotics, which is something which is quite new for the, for the Middle East. Um, and we've also developed a, quite a large automation department. Um, across all of our areas. So basically we're a full turnkey production facility, sound lighting, video staging, and pretty much anything you need to deliver a large event or a large show of any type, really. And when it comes to the actual uh, the stocks of equipment and how much you need out there now, um, I'm always curious to know how much of a demand there actually is for services like this on a permanent basis in somewhere like Dubai. Um, it, it is a continually growing city that has really sort of thrown itself out of the desert in the last 25 years. Um, what sort of scale are we talking about now in terms of where it's up to and the level of production that goes into the events that's over there? There's almost a little bit of a misconception of, 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 of how much equipment is available in the Middle East. Strangely enough, there's a lot more than you would um, suspect. The Middle East does some very large shows, some very large productions, which, um, which most people are aware of. Um, so we have to hold quite a large stock of equipment, a, a lot more than people would think. One of the big challenges we have with holding these levels of stock is the seasonality of the business. Um, we have real challenges in the summer, as in you physically can't work in the summer here. Uh, we hit temperatures in excess of 50 degrees. So you'll see, guys, if someone leaves a piece of truss in the outside, it's the most amusing thing is seeing half a dozen guys all wearing oven gloves <laughs> to try and move a piece of truss. So the stock levels have to be kept quite high because your volume isn't based across a year, it's based across season. And when the season kicks off, um, it's really, it, it really kicks off with, 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 with a hell of a bang. So if you don't have enough equipment over that period, um, you tend to struggle. So there is a lot of equipment. I mean, to the levels we stock in excess of 200 video projectors, which is probably quite large even by European standards. When you're working um, in the venues that, that are now available to you, and let's use Dubai as an example, because I think it's, it's perhaps somewhere that even if people listening to this podcast or watching the podcast haven't been to Dubai, they will perhaps be aware of the city, its basic geography maybe, they'll have seen pictures of the types of buildings that are over there. Um, how easy is it to work within the venues and the facilities in Dubai given that most of them will be effectively brand new buildings that were purpose-built for hosting events at some point? Over the years, it has, obviously, it has obviously improved and it's got bigger and it's got better. 
you've got the your standard trade centers, which is very much um, comparable to anywhere else in the world. Um, so working in these venues, access and setup, etc., is not is, is not a, is, is 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 not challenging. Um, the health and safety rules and regulations have obviously been implemented and have got a lot, lot, lot tighter over the years, as has everywhere else in the world. The safety has become paramount. So we've got some very high health and safety standards we have to work to, um, which is very much comparable to the US, um, to, the, to Europe, to, to, to anywhere else in the world. The, some of the more challenging areas is almost the level of VIP that some of these um, as some of these venues are, you'll go to some of these ballrooms and you'll see the venues and you walk into these hotels and they are truly stunning. Um, so you have challenges with um, access and the quality of the delivery you have to do and the decor and the quality of the carpet. So you have to be extremely um, careful with your surroundings um, and certain of the venues are so prestigious um, and the level of guests that are there, so your working hours can be slightly can be slightly challenging. So there are definitely some cultural challenges and and and, um, and regional challenges to working in the venues, which is where a lot of the overseas people coming in tend to struggle, which is why they need to rely on on, on the local suppliers to help out. It's very common for production companies or agents to come from overseas and go, right, we'll do this in three days. And we'll go, yeah, you, you won't actually. Um, well, we, we can do this in Europe in three days and respectfully go, but you're not in Europe. Um, and that's, those are some very valid points that people do tend to forget here. Um, things take time because of these, as I said, regional and cultural um, and architectural challenges. Um, so that, I'd say that's one of the, the more challenging things with the venues is trying to manage the expectations of people coming in from overseas. And when you say managing the architectural challenges, what I presume is that as well as working in dedicated event facilities, i.e. big ballrooms in hotels or big conference centres and, and expo centres, you're also perhaps being asked to host and put on and stage events and deliver technical production within areas that are not necessarily dedicated event spaces, I'm thinking maybe atriums of, of hotels, outdoor pool areas, on beaches where you've got nice soft sand to build on. So are these some of the challenges that you're talking about when you talk about architecture? Yeah, I mean, you've also got, I want to say architecture like um, locations as well, for instance, we've got the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, it's got some event spaces around it. Um, one, access, two, security three restrictions of what you can do at what time you can do it in. Um, so those are architectural challenges, but also because of the... Um, Dubai always likes to be... Uh, do, do astounding events, biggest, better, never been done before. We end up with using certain iconic buildings, like the Burj Al Arab in the middle of the ocean, um, and you know, we did one thing. We picked an Aston Martin up with a helicopter and landed it on the helipad as an event. Now, with the best will in the world, that's that's just not a normal thing to do. Um, so that's that that's quite an architectural, quite an architectural challenge. You know, it's a helipad where you're not you're not allowed to do this kind of stuff. So with the different permissions and things that you can tend to do, you, you, you don't tend to get asked to do these kind of things in a lot of other places. Um, so, 
those, those, are, those are definitely challenges um, on, on the architectural side of it. And also the fact that you have so many iconic buildings and iconic um, areas, um, you have to be careful with them. Um, if you go down to the Dubai Mall, when you have the beautiful water fountain shows, you're trying to build around that, but these areas are still accessible to the public. So you have to be careful on, on how you work in these areas. Um, as at the end of the day, there's public and there's hotel and there's paying guests in these areas. So you have to be very um, careful um, and respectful to, to the venue, to the public, to the guests, and to everything else that's going on there um, due, to, due to the scale and the size of these, of these, of these buildings and, and venues. When it comes to the, the, the budgetary side of things, many people will associate the Middle East, and again, we use Dubai as, as an example, as, as having bottomless pits of money to just throw at pretty much anything that they want to throw at. Um, now, I guess there will still be budgets set, but is it fair to say that working in Dubai, you're working in an environment where those budgets are perhaps a little bit higher, but hand in hand with that goes an expectation that things are going to be absolutely as good as they can be anywhere in the world. So it's both a blessing to have the money to play with, but a curse that you've really got to challenge yourself all the time. I mean, the, the, the clients always, I mean, I was sitting with, 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 with one of our clients earlier on today and reading through the brief, and it, I mean, this, this, this is the brief everywhere in the world. Line one, never been seen before. Line two, wow factor. So, yeah, you've, you've, you, you do have these challenges. Um, I think the, the, other, the other challenging aspect of, of, of these shows is that nowadays everybody jumps online, sees these, these, these examples everywhere else, and then tries to glue them all together and say, we want to do that. So the online access of, of, of examples on a global level now, that also adds to your challenges. With regards to the budget, the clients here, expect exceptional value for money as they do anywhere else in the world. Um, you know, the, the, the streets are not paved with gold as, as, as some people think. Um, you do get some great budgets to work with um, some, some, some great concepts, but generally speaking the concept reflects the budget. So if it's a dollar, they'll, they'll expect a two dollar concept strangely enough. Um, yeah. And that's the challenges of all over the world. Um, so I think the difference is because it's always a growing city, uh, we just did the canal, the canal opening. Um, and then there's a new tower that's opening, or there's a new metro, or a new, um, a new building complex. There's always something happening due to the growth of the country and the growth of the, of, of the infrastructure. Um, you know, you can only open a canal once. You can't open it again. But in most um, countries that have a long history and are very well developed, um, you, you're not going to build a new canal. You don't need one. Here, the master plan of the UAE is still growing and growing and growing. So when you see these big launches, it's because you have the possibility of doing that due to the growth of the country. Um, so the, 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 the budget will reflect the scope and the size of the work, but it's still very challenging. Don't, don't, don't be mistaken. It, it's very challenging with the budgets, um, especially the way the whole global economy is at the moment. Clients want really good value for money and great creative deliveries. When it comes to um, splitting events down into, into different categories, if you will, and we've got things like the, the big launches, the opening of a, of a new building or a new 
um, marina or, or a particular piece of infrastructure. Um, and then you also look at the what we may call business events, so things like your um, trade exhibitions, big you know global conferences where people may be flying in from all four corners of the globe to, to come to Dubai and, and host something. Um, how how much of a of a demand is there for the business side of things in 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 Dubai? Um, it, I, I was told by somebody a few years ago that it, it's quite a transient population. You know, pretty much most of the population are made up from people who are from other countries who are out working there. Um, is there a huge demand for for business conferences such, or is a lot of the work that you do on these more sort of experiential events? Um, the your population here is very transient. You're looking at sort of an 80 plus percent is expat. So, you know, the local community is maybe 15, 17, I'm, I'm not sure the final, uh, where the figures are, it used to be 11, 13 percent. So, to be on the safe side, you're looking at a, like an, an 80 percent expat community. Mm -hmm. So, experiential events is very, very big. Um, it's very big here. If you look at how the, the place, how, how the country is set up, there's a lot of shopping malls. It's, it's a very big retail and tourist destination. So experiential is, 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 is very important. It's very big. The exhibition halls, there's an awful lot of exhibitions. They're very, they're very, uh, you know, they're very full. They're quite packed. Dubai especially tends to uh, bring in the, the partners in, in, in the region, in the GCC, um, Bahrain, Qatar, um, maybe in Kuwait, Oman, Saudi Arabia, they will tend to come to here for for those big exhibitions and big shows. Right. The motor show happens in Dubai. It doesn't happen in Bahrain or 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 Saudi for for cultural restrictions. Um, so you tend to find that this tends to be the hub for a lot of this. Although um, Doha has been progressing a lot, Bahrain is progressing a lot. Saudi is, is a lot more business orientated um, due to the visa restrictions to get in and out. It's a little more complicated to get in and out of, um, of Saudi Arabia. So you tend to find that's, that, that's predominantly more based on business. Um, you do, of course, get destination um, conferences coming in here. Destination management companies are bringing tours in. Um, so you do tend to find that. And, and a lot of the major corporations globally have have representation here. You know, Microsoft is here, IBM is here, Lenovo is here, Ford is here. All these big agencies, all, the, all these big corporations have representation here. Um, so they will do, the, you know, their, their products and their launches as well. So it's it's it, it is it is quite a mix of, of, of across the board. We also have music. We do concerts. We do. Um, um, concerts in, in, in outdoor and indoor venues that happen here. Uh, we tend to find the tours that are coming through stop in the stop from here and then bounce on over into um, Australasia. And so we're on the touring circuit as well. So it, it is it is quite a mixed. Um, I'd say we, we get sporting events, probably not as many as you'd see anywhere else. Um, but it, it is quite a mix, to be to, to be fair. Um. One thing I was, I was keen to ask uh, on today's episode is, is perhaps some of the differences in the supply chain. Um, you mentioned mm -hmm. at the top of the show that people may be surprised as to how much uh, equipment you actually have to have in stock and on hand um, within the immediate locality. Um, but yeah. when you go wider to that, and in this country and in Europe you will have 
specialist subcontractors and other companies and agencies that are brought in to deliver certain elements of infrastructure that are required for a major event. Um, is that the same over there? Are there major differences with the supply chain? Do we find that companies like yourself tend to handle more than perhaps you would do in other parts of the world? Yes, I, I think the Middle East is, is slightly different. I mean, even if you just look at our name, it's production technology. So we do add a production element into it. Um, the, the, the Middle East, the, you, you basically have your creative agencies, and normally you have your creative agency, you then have a production company, and then after production company, you have your suppliers. Um, the way things are structured here, you tend not to to have that production element so predominantly as a standalone entity, as a standalone unit. Mm -hmm. The agencies tend to do their own production um, by either supplementing their internal staff um, with, 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 with freelancers or smaller external entities, or what will happen is they will involve someone like us, so we may well be involved with the technical production of the events whilst they're dealing with the, with the other side of it. I think the other reason for that as well being is a lot of the technology that we have on board, I was mentioned before, automation, robotics, yeah. um, which are quite, um, well, they're, they're not quite, they're actually very specific items. Um, and to understand how to use that technology in your creative designs at the end of the day, you would involve a company like us. Um, you couldn't have a robotics engineer in an event agency for the one time you wanted to use robots. Sure, yeah. So we tend to sometimes get involved, um, sort of we kind of cross the line onto the, onto the creative side to help them with the technology production side of it as opposed to, to, to the full production of the event. Um, so it is slightly different how I see it, how it's broken down, where, where that, that central role um, can sometimes be taken up sort of a bit on one side and a bit on the other side. Um, so that, 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 I would say, is, is, is quite different, which is probably why we stock such a high level of equipment, because people are wanting that turnkey facility as to going to a dedicated audio, a dedicated lighting, a dedicated video, a dedicated staging company, different divisions. If you've got a production house in line there to be able to manage all that process for you, um, you can do it. Here, we are more turnkey, because we assist in being able to, to put that all together for you. So as an agency, you put a project manager would come to us and we manage that process for you. Related to that, do, do you think it's, um, that, that, that's, that slight difference in structure of supply chain by comparison to other parts of the world is also due to the fact that 25, 30 years ago, there wasn't an, perhaps an, an events industry in Dubai. It's grown quickly, but people have had to grow with it. So companies that 20 years ago started out as a one, two, three-man operation, delivering a little bit of AV to small conferences or to a hotel, suddenly now have had to, or not suddenly, but have grown organically with the growth of the market over there and have been able to offer these turnkey solutions. It's, it's a slightly different way that the market has grown, and I'm curious to see whether or not that, that is one of the reasons why we've got this difference in supply chain there. I suspect it is. Um, I mean, the, the, as you said, the country, the speed that the country has grown um, has, I'm sure, has dictated exactly that. I mean, we're, we're a full-time staff in excess of 130. That, that's big by, by, by anyone's scale. Um, in, in our industry, that, that's a lot of full-time people on board, um, and I think you're right. It, 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 
pro predominantly or may well have something to do with the with the reasoning of, of, of the speed that everything has grown over here and you've kind of gone we need to get that done it needs to be done tomorrow um, okay let me okay let's do that quickly let's help the person out let's see what we can do I've done that before let me do that for them and you've kind of as you said organically grown into this into this scenario and I think the challenge of the seasonality of it as well means that if you put too many layers involved it starts becoming quite expensive as you may be only working an eight or nine month eight or nine month season um, so then you when you start making all these additional levels and layers inside the, the cost structure it can tend to increase the clients cost as well although the production companies in the rest of the world add great value um, it's difficult here in, in, in the infrastructure tying what we've just been talking about back into the not so much the budget side of things but um, you mentioned that the, the first thing obviously on uh, often on the list is we want the wow factor it needs to be something nobody else has seen before um, like many things in the Middle East certainly with the buildings and and you know when a hotel springs up the next hotel wants to be bigger and better than the guy that's just built theirs is that constant need for the clientele to actually outdo the previous guy another driving factor in in you guys having to take on that creative element as well as the technical delivery of the shows is that you're constantly being bombarded with guys who want to outdo what the guy did last week down the road yeah I mean Dubai never likes to repeat itself the UAE never likes you know they, they don't like to repeat themselves so if you've done this to go great what are you going to do for me next time um, you know what's different what's bigger what's newer what's more um, you know what, 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 what more can you give me where's the innovation where's the wow factor so a lot of the time is either trying to use the same technology in a different way or you have to find something new mm -hmm. um, they're, they're always 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 pushing for that if you look at the fireworks that happen every year here that's a, that's yeah. a huge event um, and they're looking at on a global scale you know you've got Sydney um, you've got China you've got here um, they're always looking to push the envelope um, so you kind of you kind of got to got to go with them or you or you get left behind so the, the the that that I would say is predominantly the thing not as necessary as much as competition but they don't want to repeat themselves you go yeah we've seen that we've done that what can you do now what what's new what's whether it needs to be fun or um, or different or, or new but there's definitely there always needs to be a different hook to hang your coat on basically moving things on I'm again curious to ask whether or not there is a an, an equivalent in the Middle East of working with local authorities most event agencies supply companies contractors in the UK will have had experience of working on events that are private and then working on events that are local authority backed or local authority organized in one shape or form is there an equivalent over there where you will work directly for the local government and you know the, 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 the regional government whoever that may be and are there any similarities that regardless of where you are in the world when you're working for a public or a government entity there are certain challenges that are different to work with a private customer working with with, with the public with a public entity they they, ob they obviously have all their their rules and regulations and due diligences so they're, they're the administrative side of it can be um, more time-consuming 
um, as to a personal company can turn around and go, yeah, great, no, move this or change that. You tend to find with the bigger, with the bigger organisations, especially the government ones, there'll be committees involved. Um, so it's not as simple as just going, could we change this? Yes, if it's a small item, we can change it. But if it's um, if it's a major production issue or a major creative issue, more more than production, one, once the creative has been approved, they tend to to, to let it roll. Um, on the production side, it becomes slightly easier. But no, for sure, you you have a um, a, a far greater administrative and approvals role that has to be gone through from from the creative, then it goes through to the procurement. And procurement is a very, very, very um, strong um, challenge in this in this town that we have to that we have to put up with. They again, they want real value for money, um, so everything has to be approved, reapproved, price checked, rechecked, double checked, and make sure that everything goes through the way it should be going through, um, to make sure they're getting their real value for money for the show. Something uh, you, you touched on briefly, and um, something most people will be aware of is that extreme heat that you're working in most of the year but particularly those summer months where the temperature is just too extreme to to, to do anything I know that the the tourist industry and the hotels in terms of their season things do almost close down during July August early September because of that extreme of heat um, are you still working as a as an as an organization and what do you achieve during those periods of time that allows you to, to then sort of set yourself up in a way for when the season starts again? I think through the summer months it's basically almost a, you know, it's kind of a regrouping. The first thing um, that you do is time to um, do your stock takes, do your audits, do your maintenance. Um, maintenance is a, big, is a big thing over here due to the, um, the climate. We have extreme heat we have sand, we have humidity, we have the salt off the ocean. I mean, <clears throat> so the, it, it's an aggressive um, climate for, for, for equipment. So that's always challenging. So through the summer is when you get down to do your, that deep clean, that deep maintenance, although that happens all year through, it lets you really get down to the nitty gritty. Secondly, you tend to schedule most of your holidays and your downtime through there because when we're busy, we're all working extremely hard, longer hours, longer days. So we tend to let people take their holidays and their vacations um, through those periods. And then, of course, three, you're just getting everything ready uh, for, for when the season starts again. There is some summer stuff happening. We tend to, we have some of our clients that use us overseas. So we may be going um, into, into other regions out of the Middle East um, to 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 work over there. So th those I would say are our sure. three the, the three main issues, all the three main reasons, or what we do through summer. I think what we should do is, as well as is perhaps if you're allowed to talk about some of the types of events that you've worked on, and perhaps highlight some of the stuff that you've achieved as an organisation, and perhaps individually as well, where you think that's a real highlight for my personal CV. Uh, and professional CV. Are there two or three things that spring to mind that you might uh, might be able to tell us about? Um, I mean, I, th I think the the challenges we have over here um, sometimes aren't as big as as uh, uh, some of the most challenging things. Isn't just the creative or the size or the scope of the job. Um, one of the real challenging things is the timelines. I think is is something that that that, that often um, is amazing what we can achieve in the time scale we have to achieve it in sometimes. 
um, due to the size of, 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 of us and what we do, um, we, you know, we're a really big machine. Once you give that machine a kick in the backside and get it moving, it starts moving. It starts moving well and fast. So I, I think on a on sort of on that scope of things, when I've sat down and looked at the the amount of um, the amount of, uh, of stuff that we delivered in short notice or in a short time as an organisation. Um, that's been quite challenging. When you sit down, you take a step back, and you go, "Wow, <laughs> okay, we did that." <laughs> um, yeah. So, we, we, you know, there's some of that going on. I mean, we're working on um, IDEX now, which is a big military um, exhibition that happens every two years. We've done the, we, there's a show that happens there every two years. That's quite challenging. We have. Um, when you're reading through documents, and it says, "Oh, we'll supply you with a." You know, with a with an M16 or similar, or you like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, F16 is going to come flying across the the sky or similar. You're like, okay, well, I'm not sure quite what's similar to an F16. Or similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it's, it's, so that, that there are there are times like that where you kind of giggle a bit when you've got a 70 ton tank that comes flying up at you on a show, has to stop on a revolve, and you revolve a 70 ton tank, and you're going, yeah, that's that 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 was cool. So I think I think that there are items like that which are great, where it's really important still to have fun doing it. So those 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 can be quite challenging and quite rewarding. I'm going to touch on this briefly uh, as we get towards the sort of time where we're, we'll wrap up this particular uh, episode. Health and safety. Once upon a time, the Middle East as a whole sort of had a certain perhaps reputation for mm. health and safety, maybe a lack thereof. Um, yep. What was it like when you first worked out there, and how? Um, how important has it been for the separate sort of, um, I don't know what you'd call them, the cities or the regions to improve the quality of their health and safety so that they can deliver better quality events all round that are seen to be really conforming in a way with, with um, the standards that we set back in the UK, often we're a leader in that. Yeah, I mean health and safety, as you said, was very challenging in, in the early days. Um, you know, in the late 90s when we were, we were out here was really was challenging. What we've always done is is kind of self-governed ourselves. Um, so when those regulations weren't there, we would still adhere to our own health and safety standards. What's happened through the years now, health and safety is paramount here. Um, you know, RAM statements, risk assessment method statements, all have to be submitted. Um, here, there is um, civil defence, which is basically um, your um, fire brigade, your ambulances, your police services have yeah. a specific events division. Anybody who needs to hold an event has to go in with all their documentation and have it approved by civil defence. That's the event organiser before right. they are even allowed to, to, to do that event. If you go to the trade centre, they will want all your risk assessments, all your method statements. Uh, we have to provide all of our uh, rigging certification, all of our um, all of our low test certificates, even for trussing for for rigging. If you go into any of the public malls, unless you have all your certification, they will not allow you to install any piece of rigging or any piece of overhead equipment. Um, you know, they all have a very strict set of rules now. Where it was to where it is, and um, definitely a huge, huge, huge change. Um, everything has to be signed off and approved, or you can't move. Has the self-governance of the the major suppliers like yourselves 
and the fact that you were wanting to adhere to a certain standard regardless of what the, the rules were 15 years ago, have you helped not just drive them, but ha is there any example of where you've actually helped develop some of these regulations and been asked to, to consult or offer an opinion with the, the, the government at all? From our side directly, um, I would have to say, no, I couldn't give you an example of where we've sat down and with, 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 with something on an official basis, but very much on an ongoing daily basis, um, we'll come along and we'll do something and then you'll see some of the civil defence guys go, oh, that, yeah, very good, we like that, that's really well done, great. Yeah. So th th I feel over the years that some of that probably has rubbed off. Um, yeah. But I couldn't say that that was a true, um, you know, an official, we sat down and we had a meeting and we said this, although we do have meetings, um, um, the TPI turns around and does have meetings with, 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 with different government organizations to discuss this. This has definitely happened over the last couple of years, not us as a company, but as an industry. The industry representation has definitely been involved um, with, with, the, with the local authorities um, to, to, to make sure that, that, that it has improved. What it has done, though, it, is, it, is, it has made the, the, the biggest suppliers, obviously, that self-governance has an impact on your cost, whichever way you want to look at it. At some point, you 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 know you that that cost of of buying new equipment, of certifying the equipment, of pat testing everything, and making it sure is all there does add a certain level of cost in it. Um, but now the clients have started to understand the difference in the value in this. Um, so some of the smaller suppliers have now had to um, have had to let's say raise their quality or raise their game, um, which in all in all has just created a safer industry, which is at the end of the day what we're trying to achieve. Fantastic. I'm sure that there are a million and one other questions and, and, and all sorts of stuff that we could talk and uh, talk about. And I'm, and I'm sure that we will come back to, to talking and, and looking at the event industry within the Middle East and, and perhaps other parts of the Middle East as well. Because we've not really talked about Abu Dhabi, which again is another entity which has a lot of differences I'm aware of to, to Dubai. Maybe that's one for another episode. Um, for now, uh, we should thank Richard Bellier, General Manager at Protect. Richard, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. My pleasure. Fantastic having you on the show. Thanks for all your insight into that particular part of the world and the work that you guys are doing out there. Um, if you're watching the Event Industry News podcast via one of our video feeds, don't forget that you can go onto iTunes and subscribe to an audio-only version of the podcast as well. Um, but for now, we're going to wrap up today's episode, say thank you to Richard once again, and uh, you've been watching and listening to the Event Industry News podcast. <laughs>